Now the Three Martini Lunch with Greg Columbus and Jim Garrity. And my name is Greg Knapp. I'm in for Greg Columbus. I'm a speaker, author, coach, and talk show host. And you can find out more about me at GregoryBnapp.com. That's K-N-A-P-P as in Peter and Peter. I'm joined by David French, writer for National Review and a Time columnist. He's in for Jim Garrity. So this is the all-substitute Three Martini Lunch. Now, today was the big day. We had the big drop, and it just came out. It's just now coming out, the Mueller report. So we've got to talk about that. We'll start with the good martini, Attorney General Barr, coming out again saying no collusion, no cooperation, no conspiracy between the Trump campaign and a hostile foreign power, Russia. What did you think from the presser today, David? Well, you know, there's some really good news here. I mean, unless Barr is just completely lying about a report that he's about to release and just now, moments ago, as we are talking about, as, as we're recording the podcast, the, the report is live. Unless he's completely lying about a report that he's just about to release. I mean, he reaffirmed on multiple counts and multiple grounds that the worst suspicions that a lot of people had after all the, you know, the steel dossier was leaked are just not true, that there was no active cooperation with the Russian government. There was no criminal cooperation with WikiLeaks, uh, that the worst fears that a lot of people had were, are, are unfounded. And that's good news for this country. I mean, my goodness, can you imagine how bad it would be if the fact was that the president had conspired with a hostile foreign power. I mean, it'd be the biggest political scandal since Aaron Burr shot Alexander Hamilton to death. I mean, it would and, be unbelievable. And, and some people really want that to be true simply to take down Trump, which really shows, wow, Trump derangement syndrome. That's the ultimate level of it, that you would rather have something that bad for the country because you hate this guy so much. Right. I mean, that, you know, that's the kind of thing that is um, it's really disturbing that there's this sort of sense of disappointment that exists amongst some people that the president isn't going to be proven to be an actual traitor. Um, but I also think that's rooted in this sort of this this idea that a, a lot of people have that Trump just couldn't have won this thing fair and square. Like mm -hmm. it just couldn't have happened like that. And that what actually happened was something very different. What actually happened was a hacked election, the hostile foreign power, uh, our, you know, the hostile foreign power explanation helps people make sense of a shocking event in terms, I guess, you know, I guess some people would rather try to grapple with that as a fact than grapple with the idea that Donald Trump actually beat Hillary fair and square. And, and maybe uh, the fact that Hillary Clinton was just a horrible candidate. Right. I mean, that's, you know, one of the things I've said in, in previous uh, three martini lunches is if you look at Hillary's political career, in many ways, uh, except when she ran for Senate right after, right when she was at sort of her peak of her political likability after all the Clinton sex scandals where she was, you know, a victim of the president's infidelity and lies, except then she's been kind of a kingmaker. In other words, Every guy that's run against her gets elevated. She was a prohibitive favorite going into the 2008 Democratic primary. Nobody hardly knew who Barack Obama was. Next thing you know, Obama's a two-term president. She's <laughs> an even more prohibitive favorite going into the 2016 Democratic primary. 
Uh, Bernie Sanders is this angry socialist from Vermont that nobody knows. And he almost beats her and arguably could have or would have if it were not for the some of the Democrat delegate rules and some of the thumbs being placed on the scales in her favor. And then she goes into a 2016 general election against the most disliked person who's ever run for president, according to likability polling, and he beats her. So I think some people need to wake up and realize that perhaps Hillary Clinton is not necessarily a gifted politician. Absolutely. All right. I wanted to ask you this one thing that I saw in the presser from Attorney General Barr, and maybe it's coming out now in the report that's that's dropped just now. When he talked about how this these Russians leaked some of the DNC hacked emails to WikiLeaks, he went out of his way to say this. Under applicable law, publication of these types of materials would not be criminal unless the publisher also participated in the underlying hacking conspiracy. Here, too, the special counsel's report did not find that any person associated with the Trump campaign illegally participated in the dissemination of the materials. And that made me think, David, does that mean he's only saying that they didn't uh, uh, participate in the illegal dissemination. Right. Does that mean there's a possibility they did assist in some some dissemination of those emails? Well, it's very possible. One of the disturbing things, and, and we'll find out, you know, like literally in moments after we finish recording this podcast, but one thing that was disturbing about some of the indictments leading up to the uh, leading up to this moment was the Roger Stone indictment indicates that there was a senior official in the Trump campaign was directed by somebody, we don't know who, from the indictment, to reach out to Roger Stone to try to get information from Julian Assange and WikiLeaks. Now, this is not illegal. It is right. not illegal to do that. It is unseemly and irresponsible. And so it is it is dangerous to do that because one of the things that ends up happening is if you reach out to, um, you know, and, and let's remember WikiLeaks is widely reported to be essentially uh, uh, almost like a, a Russian intelligence asset. It's so closely linked to Russia. I mean, Assange has been on the Kremlin payroll. So if you're getting your opposition research from people on the Kremlin payroll, that is out, should be out of bounds in American politics. It's not illegal but it should be out of bounds. It is not something that Americans want their presidential candidates to do. It's, and it's also very dangerous because you, you cannot trust a hostile intelligence asset to provide you with information that's going to do anything other than advance that hostile intelligence asset's interests. And so that's why you avoid doing that. I mean, this shouldn't have to be explained, but apparently sometimes it does. So it's going to be very interesting to see what the report says about that. And I think this is the kind of stuff that people mean when they say there was behavior that was maybe there was behavior that wasn't criminal, but it was really troubling. And I think it's going to be important for, you know, fair minded conservatives to say to be able to say, look, um, I'm I'm glad the president is not guilty of a crime or any other members besides those many people who've already been indicted are guilty of crimes. but you know, some of this conduct is unacceptable. And so it's going to be interesting to see if that's kind of the dynamic in play here. Never made any sense to me, though, David, because I was like, Russia doesn't need the help of the Trump campaign to release this stuff. So it never really made sense to me. Uh, However, here's the other side of that. When you talk about you shouldn't trust people on the Kremlin payroll for this intelligence, 
isn't the Steele dossier from people who had been on the Kremlin payroll because Steele money went to these Russians to get this information. Uh, so aren't they? And that's what the DNC and Hillary paid for. I mean, both sides at that point, that seems a little out there, too, doesn't it? Well, yeah. So, you know, one of the things about the Steele dossier is it demonstrates how harmful it is to rely on Russian sources mm-hmm. for your campaign opposition research. Because I wrote this piece uh, a couple of weeks ago. The Steele dossier is one of the most malignant documents ever in to enter the American political bloodstream because it made extraordinary and unfounded allegations against the president of the United States, just extraordinary allegations that an awful lot of people actually took to be true. And their view of the Mueller investigation wasn't, well, there's a lot of suspicious activity here. We know Russia tried to interfere with the election. We know that there were Trump hired a bunch of very Russia friendly people who engaged in suspicious conduct before the election. Uh, And so we need to get to the bottom of this. They didn't look at it like this. They looked at it like, well, the Steele report tells us basically what Trump is like and Mueller's going to prove it. And, and so think about how that's one of the reasons why people got so nuts about all of this is they'd read that Steele report. And so, yeah, when you rely on hostile foreign sources for your opposition research, you're do- that, is, that is deeply problematic. And Hillary should be called out for that. Absolutely, she should be called out for that. And, and so, you know, I think it, abs- it definitely goes both ways. Okay, that was basically the good martini and our bad martini mixed together. <laughs> because the bad martini was that some Americans seem to hate the president so much they prefer to find evidence that he committed treason than find out that thank God that didn't happen. So we'll move into martini number three, which is the crazy martini. And that's if you are trolling on Twitter right now. And there are a lot of oh, people. Man. Are. What is happening, Dave? You know, this is one thing. Like if you were ever somebody who said, that America has this like really thoughtful elite of reporters and politicians and activists and journalists and all of that. And, you know, these are people who by training and temperament are, are very well suited to evaluate in real time, the magnitude of breaking news events, just go on Twitter and have all of that just destroyed. Just, just have that notion annihilated. It is amazing to have seen and to read some of the hysteria and just frankly, completely wrong things said by experts on Twitter uh, this morning when, when Attorney General Barr was speaking. So I'll give you a great example. People are treating the idea that Trump was frustrated at being investigated for a crime that he did not commit as somehow evidence that he's probably guilty of obstruction. In other words, that it's evidence supporting an obstruction charge that the president is frustrated that he's being investigated. That's nuts. You know, you know, who's frustrated when they're investigated by the FBI or by special counsel. Innocent Everybody. <laughs> yes. yeah, yeah. I mean, if I was totally innocent and I was being investigated, I would be ticked. And every time I heard somebody saying something horrible about me that I knew wasn't true, I'd be even more ticked. And It's almost like this is where you get to that whole, quote, witch hunt thing, because what did they do to witches? Well, if she sinks, she wasn't a witch. If she floated, she was. Uh, (laughs) Either way, it's not good because then we're going to kill the floating witch. You know, I mean, (laughs) it's crazy. Well, it's 
Yeah, you know, it, but what I was going to say is, if you're guilty or you're innocent, both people are frustrated. Like I have been involved in investigations and, and never in my life have I seen a guilty or an innocent person be anything other than furious and frustrated at the investigation. Guilty people will scream and yell and cry witch hunt and, you know, they will do everything in their power to say that everything is completely and totally outrageous. It's just part of the game and innocent people will do the same thing, but they also happen to be like telling the truth. Right. <laughs> and so as I just put it on Twitter, expressing frustration about an investigation is proof only of your humanity. It is not proof or vindication of the crime. And so, you know, so you get this sort of this analysis. It's like, well, if Trump was mad, that means that's, that's further evidence in support of obstruction. No. Or that Bob Barr is guilty of a cover-up, and this is an authoritarian coup. Like this was what a national, a New York Times columnist just said, an authoritarian coup. Wow. Because Bill Barr summarized a report's contents 30 minutes before we could see the report. <laughs> it's amazing. Wow. It's amazing. And so this is, this is, it's kind of a combination of a crazy martini and a bad martini because the bad news is how crazy everybody's getting. Yeah. And I'll tell you, there was one question I heard too, to attorney general Barr, And the man said, and I can't remember who he was. He said, you know, um, did uh, special counsel Mueller suggest that you decide whether president Trump was guilty of, of, uh, obstruction of justice or whether Congress should. And I'm not a lawyer, David, but I, I don't think Congress decides whether to bring charges against people criminally. Congress can decide whether to impeach somebody. Right. But, right. And I was like, what right. is this talking about? Yeah, I don't quite know what that was talking about. I mean, Congress can bring impeachment charges based on criminal law. In other words, it can say right. we're impeaching you because we believe that you violated a criminal statute. But Congress can bring impeachment proceedings just because it believes a president has abused its power. It doesn't have to do it on the basis of the criminal code. It's uh, you know, high crimes and misdemeanors. The phrase that, you know, in the, the justifying impeachment in the Constitution is not defined. And so impeachment is a political process. In theory, right. um, the Congress could say, we're impeaching the president because he vetoed our Yemeni resolution ending the Yemeni, ending American involvement in the Yemeni civil war. And if there were a majority of the House and two-thirds of the Senate agreed, the president would be gone. He'd have no recourse. So impeachment is a political act. It, prosecution is a legal act. It is right. a, And so these are very different things. Yeah, Congress doesn't become the Department of Justice and prosecute and, and put in front of a criminal trial and convict. And that's what the seemed to be the question, which just goes to the crazy martini. Well, right. Dave, we, we appreciate it. It's out there. I know you're going to be reading it, and we'll talk about it in more detail tomorrow on exactly what this means going forward. Yes, we will. And, we'll, and I'll have read 500 pages by that time, so I'll be a lot more knowledgeable. God bless you. I will talk. <laughs> I will talk to someone who's read 500 pages tomorrow. <laughs> All right, David. Thanks so much. Thanks so much. That's Martini number three.